Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 142nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Red Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. What have you been up to? Oh, <laughs> not much. What about you? Okay, you can't just like, <laughs> just, just like immediately just non-answer and just give it right talk back to intro. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, getting ready for this podcast. How about you? Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> been doing a little research. Okay. I've, I've doing a little research on a guy named Scott Linehan. Heard of him? Oh, I've heard of him. Well, last week, uh, we we announced, we didn't announce it. We we talked about how he was an offensive we analyst. We broke the news. We broke the news that Scott Linehan <laughs> is going to be an offensive analyst with Mizzou. And then I also followed it up with, I don't really know anything about him. So former St. Louis Ram head coach. So here we are, and I've done a little bit of research. I've, I'm going to tell you what he's been up to. Let's hear it. Uh, after being the, the Rams head coach from 2006 2008, Scott Linehan then was the Detroit offensive coordinator, Detroit Lions, that is, from 2009 <laughs> to 2013. Was he successful there? Uh, he was all right. Okay. Um, Dallas Cowboys OC from 2015 to 2018. Then. LSU passing coordinator in 2020. So he didn't get to work with Joe Burrow, but mm. so that's what he's been up to. Now he's an offensive analyst with Mizzou and who knows what that means. Yeah. Really hitting the books hard. You How know? many offensive analysts do you think there are? I have no idea. I mean, there's like, there's like graduate assistants that do that kind of stuff too, I think, but they're just, they're feed, they're feed and drink everything he knows. I guess <laughs> it's an interesting position. I, you don't hear as much about defensive analysts. It's usually offensive analysts. Maybe there's less to analyze. I bet they are just as plentiful. Okay. Maybe. Just not as big name, I guess. Yeah, probably. You're not getting those former NFL head coaches as defensive analysts. Uh, anything else else you want to say about Scott Linehan? That's pretty much it. I'm happy to have him on board. Yeah, me too. I've said that. I think this is the third week in a row I think I've said that I'm happy to have him on board. Yeah, uh, looking up Scott Linehan sent us into a uh, quite the rabbit trail of uh, Rams trivia. So, oh yeah, rest in peace, yeah. St. Louis Rams. We hardly knew you. Uh, okay, well, Kyle, we've got a lot more to talk about besides just Scott Linehan. Uh, <laughs> but before we do that, want to remind everybody to check us out on YouTube. Subscribe there, even if you don't watch the video podcast, we would still appreciate you clicking subscribe and also don't forget to check us out on patreon that's where you can support the podcast directly and there are different tiers with some perks that you can unlock with different levels of support and that is patreon.com slash missouri sports pod kyle the defensive side of the ball for the missouri tiger football team got a big commit uh in the last couple of days and uh I, I was trying to think of the timeline of it because we talked about him quite a bit last it was week. last friday i believe and we were pretty sure that he was going to commit to missouri and he did and that is marquise gracial and that's a huge pickup uh for coach drink and the defensive side of the ball because he's uh one of the top players in the state of missouri and uh, he's staying home yeah it's great um last year it seems like we had so many defensive linemen that we had to add to the class i mean we brought in seven or eight guys and so obviously the need for uh for bodies is not quite as dire as it was last year but so which is kind of nice because uh 
I don't know. We may really be pretty close to being done as far as freshmen we're going to bring in on the defensive line. We may bring in a, a defensive end, but Marquise Graciel is a defensive tackle, 6'5", 280 from St. Charles, Missouri. And he's a top 50 recruit, four-star player, so that's a pr- pretty nice get. Um, I watched this film. Um, he played a lot of defensive end in at least the highlights I was watching, so that tells you that he's got pretty good speed for his size. He can move very well um it seemed like he was just kind of throwing guys around a little bit he's got super strong hands really good fr- a really good frame so um he was just getting to the quarterback with ease at times so um, obviously like anybody else that will be an adjustment when you get to college is the offensive lineman or you can't quite throw those guys around as much as you can in high school but i have uh every belief that marquise is going to be able to figure out um how to continue to get to the quarterback one thing i loved watching him was he's got and i don't even know that he needs it but he's got this like swim move that he was just getting by offensive linemen so easily with that move and so obviously that'll be something he takes with him to the next level um i was looking at uh, him in relation to the other recruits in the state of missouri he on the 24 7 sports composite is coming in at fifth in the state just ahead of Mizzou commit Isaac Thompson. And um, I was, that intrigued me because I remember Thompson being, you know, like a top three guy in the state of Missouri not too long ago. Um, and for a short time, uh, Luther Burden was listed in the state of Missouri, even though he's from East St. Louis, Illinois. Uh, so they've got all that squared away. So uh, right now, the top of the list for the state of Missouri for football recruits in 2022 is Kevin Coleman, number one, five-star. Tyson Ford, number two, committed to Notre Dame, four-star. Then two guys that are considered Clemson leans that I'm not too familiar with just because it has seemed like they weren't probably going to go to Missouri, either one of them. And that's uh, DJ Weselak and Toriano Pride. But then we get into the Mizzou commits with now Graciel, Isaac Thompson, and then eighth on the list, Jamarion Wayne. So it's good to see Missouri, you know, in the top half of the list for the state. Um, I'd still like to see them in the top five more often, but we'll get there eventually. If you get enough of these four-star guys, um, that'll make a huge difference. Yeah, it's not every year that there's this many high caliber players coming out of Missouri and it seems like it has actually happened more the last few years um most notably the the Tiger 10 year seemed like really was the first year that it happened in a while where we just had all these four and five star players at least in the recruiting rankings but uh Toriano Pride is probably our best shot as far as those top four or five guys he's I think he's kind of a coin flip between Mizzou and Clemson but anytime you're going head-to-head with with a program like Clemson for a guy they truly want it's it's a tough pull for sure but yeah I mean so many so many talented guys on that name that that Missouri has already have committed or or have a shot at it's really exciting and we were talking about before this episode that when we get a little bit closer to the recruiting event uh, that's held at in Columbia called Night at the Zoo we may dive a little bit deeper into um, who is already committed and who is still out there that could choose Missouri and the guys that are going to be at that event um, because that's usually a pretty good uh, recruiting uh, event for Missouri. And we think it'll probably be the first one under Coach Drinkwitz. We, I am—I don't think there was one last year. I don't remember anything too notable last summer. 
yeah. that they did. It wouldn't last year uh, was not really the environment for these type of events, considering coaches couldn't even like go visit anybody. Um, okay. Speaking of coach Drinkwitz and the football team, he has been on the road recently, uh, basically pitching Mizzou football to the donors in St. Louis and Kansas city. And, uh, he and a few other Mizzou coaches will be in Springfield tomorrow. Um, but he did a radio spot with Art Haynes here in Springfield, local sports radio. And, uh, yeah, he's basically just been, you know, trying to drum up support from the donors and things and get the fan base excited coming into his second season uh, with the football team. Uh, we've talked about it many times on this podcast before, but just the stark difference uh, between Coach Drinkwitz and Coach Odom. And, and we, 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 we liked Coach Odom. I don't, I don't want to make this seem like a, uh, an us versus him kind of thing, but uh, there's truly a massive difference in, in how they go about their business as a head coach. And, you know, Barry Odom was just kind of kind of the old ball coach. He's a former player and was and he lightened up a little bit as, as time went on. But for the most part, he was kind of all business. And I'm kind of seemed like he was only at these functions because he had to be. But man, Coach Drinkwitz, he has got an innate ability to not only be the in the captain's chair of, of Mizzou football, but to really sell the program. I'm not sure I've seen anything like it. Just his ability to be, he's so charismatic and he just understands at an unbelievable level how important it is to, to sell the program in every corner of the state and his knowledge of, of the state in, in, in the past year just seems to be pretty extensive. He's just, his awareness is, yeah. is unbelievable for that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's put in the like research and the background work that you, you, you have to think about, like you have to stop and think we're Mizzou, lifelong Mizzou fans we're talking about and we've you know lived in the state of Missouri our entire lives and he comes in and he just kind of walks the walk and talks the talk of somebody that is uh, you know fully integrated into Mizzou and it's you obviously you need that to be the case for your head coach but he does it every bit as well as Barry Odom who went to school at, at Mizzou and coach Drinkwitz hasn't been here that long, but I know people like to look back at like his, um, that first little speech he gave that was like a copy of the one he gave at Appalachian state. Um, but that's the only time that he hasn't like really made the state of Missouri a part of his pitch or his speech and anything he's doing. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just incredible that he is like internalized mizzou and the state of missouri as much as he has in such short amount of time yeah and i mean i think we would be pretty i don't know it the state pride for for mizzou football is not as high as other states around us and there's a lot of competition for mizzou football in the state of missouri there's the chiefs and uh, there's Cardinals baseball and there's all kinds of other, you know, very popular sporting teams that are in Missouri. And so Mizzou football can't always garner the same attention that uh, Nebraska does in, in that state because there's not as many things going on. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I, I really think that Coach Drinkwitz has made it his mission to just create more pride for the for the state's um, university and, and the, the flagship uh, football program and I just I just love that about him and and how it, it seems like he has just m- 
made it his mission. He knows he's going to be here for the long haul. I love that. You know, he's not looking for the next step. He he really seems to be embracing that I'm going to be here for the long term and I'm going to make this home and I'm going to garner support from every corner of the state. And whether that actually happens or not, all we can ask for at this point is him to at least seem like that's the plan. Yeah. Because it's one thing to know that a guy might not stick around because of how they're acting. And that just, you know, never works out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, obviously at some point a bigger job may come along for him and that would mean that he did really well at Mizzou. But uh, until that happens, everything looks like he is all in Mm -hmm. for Missouri. Yeah, he was at like the Royals game a few nights ago doing interviews and I saw somebody on Twitter and I'm not sure it was anybody, it was just like a random fan was like, Hey coach, how about coming out to uh, what's the like, what's the soccer team in Kansas City? Oh, like Sporting KC. Sporting KC, yeah. yeah. And and he was like, yeah, sounds great. I'll I'd love to come. You know, it's just his openness to just experiencing the state of Missouri and like and just interacting with fans on Twitter and all. I just I I love it all. And he is uh, I don't know. He's kind of a mastermind, honestly. He also seems really excited to play Kansas eventually. Yeah, so that's always good. He just he knows what will tug the the heartstrings. That's yeah. for sure. And it's like there's some just like low hanging fruit sometimes that you're like, okay, I know if I can just say this, yeah. that I'll win a few people over. But just even being aware of that yes, stuff, is, exactly. I respect it. Yeah, and he does come across genuine. Um, uh, one thing I was going to mention, you're talking about like um, competition for the program, like within the state. That's something that is a little bit underestimated, I think, in the entire SEC. Like, from a Mizzou fan standpoint, there are some other SEC programs that don't have a lot of competition for, like, um, donor dollars or just eyeballs on the TV and support generally. I mean, you think about, like, Alabama, um, the Mississippi schools, Arkansas. Yeah, they, I mean, they live for college football season. That yeah. is That is what they have going on down there. Yeah, there's other, I mean, like Georgia has more going on. Um, Tennessee has more going on. But, you know, some of those states, like their college football team is it. So that's just another hurdle for Missouri um, playing in the SEC. Uh, Obviously, we're both pretty happy with Coach Drinkwitz's Mm -hmm. uh, successes so far on and off the field. For sure. And, uh, I mean, all of that just is baked into – him just locking down the borders and, and keeping people home. I mean, just that the whole kind of state pride thing goes goes in, in recruiting too. Mm-hmm. But uh, another couple of things that he said in that interview um, that were kind of like more football related that I thought were interesting um, was he he mentioned last year we were really reliant on the run game. Obviously, uh, we've talked about Larry Roundtree getting you know twenty five thirty carries or more a game, and uh, he talked about this year. Um, playing a little bit more up-tempo, maybe throwing the ball more, kind of uh, looking to get Bazelak more um, involved. And, you know, he's, he's got, he's got weapons. So um, I, I, I mean, not that that's earth shattering, but just to hear him say, you know, we, we relied on the, on the run game a lot last year and it may look a little bit different this year. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense with Bazelak being so young last year and not having the reps yet um, with a full season starting at quarterback under his belt. Um, I am excited to see him maybe be turned loose a little bit more and um, be able to make big plays because he definitely seemed like he was capable um, but didn't quite have the opportunities that hopefully he will um, as he gets older. 
All right, Kyle, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about Mizzou basketball for a second. We're not going to talk about any players or teams exactly or any coaches. We are going to talk about, if you'll indulge me, Norm Stewart Court. And what brought this on uh, is Mizzou uh, basketball social media accounts have been posting uh, some renovations that have been done to their practice facility. And they put up some videos of the players working out on this new court. It's basically got fresh coat of paint. And they've got this design where it's a very light wood and then a little bit darker state of Missouri shape. And then uh, the tiger head logo inside of that. And basically my question for you, that looked so good to me that I thought basically one make the actual court that and two is it just time even if it's not that design to redo the look of norm stewart court and i wanted to uh, go back even further to like when they made the transition from the big 12 to the sec they redid it what did you think about that and are you ready to move on from it what are your thoughts well obviously the older court is in my mind synonymous with the team being better and so obviously i'm kind of ready to move on from the current era of the look just because i am it feels synonymous with disappointment and kim anderson and that kind of stuff so i for one really don't like the current court i think it's looks like a mustard yellow and it like hurts my eyes when i look at it on the tv yeah some broadcasts are worse than others too sometimes it just is pretty bad it doesn't look good at times and then you put that with like the bright yellow seats i was gonna i was gonna mention the seats the seats obviously are are a disaster everybody knows that yeah i i don't know i'm I'm really not a fan of all of that at all and uh you know the tiger stripe um is okay I, I it's fine but again i think i just think of of the kim anderson era when i see that so i'm i'm personally very ready to move on to an updated look a, a lighter maybe uh court um but yeah i think the practice court looks fantastic and i love the kind of diamond mm-hmm. uh design that they did in the um the baseline the yeah. baseline i almost said end zone like you <laughs> did earlier and uh what was it? What else was I going to say? I don't remember. But um, the state of Missouri. Oh, you, you, and everyone else. I mean, basically oh, yeah. said that. Yeah. Like, make this the court. Like, yeah. surely they, they are aware of the fan feedback. I mean, it was it was overwhelming the the response from the fan base about um, that being much better than the current court. So the one pre SEC had Missouri on the baseline. It didn't have the black baseline at all, and um, it didn't even have the paint was not a different color than the rest of the court and obviously it had the big 12 logo in the middle of it um and the missouri tiger head logo was sitting on top of a state of missouri outline mm. so it just seems like there's a there's a perfect it's like they struck a perfect balance with that practice facility court mm-hmm. of some of the best things of the old court some of the best things of the new court um nowadays we have that kind of tiger stripe going on on the baseline. It says Mizzou instead of Missouri. Um, no state outline. Tiger head logo in the middle is a little bit bigger. And the paint is black. So there are aspects of that that I like that they could literally just smash the two together and have something really cool, I think. Man, if you put that practice court 
on the real court and made all the chairs like black yeah that would be so cool and i don't know i just think like a cool home environment is so important and it would maybe not be so obvious whenever all some of the seats aren't filled and stuff if they were black yeah put the student section across from the tv cameras while you're fine with that too um if we can make sure the students show up surely they would if they were front and center maybe but I, yeah, I, uh, I'm i not even really a visual type. Like, I'm not an artist whatsoever, but I feel <laughs> like it's some of those things are just kind of obvious. Yeah. And in, it almost seems like, like I said earlier, it, it is dependent on the broadcast sometimes, but there are times where it just looks so yellow. Yeah. It's and bad. it's very strange. But uh, shockingly, we are in agreement when it comes to <laughs> Norm Stewart Court. And uh, I think a lot of Mizzou fans agree with us. Um, I do have something slightly re- tangentially related to this. Okay. I don't know if you are I'm ready for okay. That. Have you seen the like this or that thing on Absolutely. on Twitter that the the yeah. f- assistant coaches, the football coaches have been doing? One of the questions on that is the Block M logo or the Tigerhead logo, and uh, uh, most of the coaches have picked the Block M. Not surprisingly, of course, Eli Drinkwitz has picked the Block M, and it yes. seems like he has been a big part of why that's so prominent. Yeah. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? What What would you select if you were doing that? If I'm doing that, I'm picking the, the Tiger Head logo. Uh, me too. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I don't want the Block M on the helmet. Exactly. So if you had a Block M helmet and a Tiger Head logo helmet, I'm choosing the Block M. But as far as just like basically brand recognition and just what is more visually interesting and appealing i'm taking the tiger head logo i 100 percent agree with that as usual um yeah it, it felt like in like some of the coaches that were picking the tiger head logo were almost getting like ridiculed for it i'm like this is ridiculous yeah. like come on like it's just uh, it's a literal m like okay it's like i understand that it's it's iconic on on the on the helmet like yeah. you said but just freestanding like how can i mean the the tiger head logo is is beautiful yes so i don't know yeah i agree with you there you remember when we rated all the sec logos oh yeah, oh, yeah. i mean it's like it's, find that, it's fierce uh, if it's, you can find that episode number we'll <laughs> make sure sim- people go check that it's out symmetric. do we want them to oh absolutely <laughs> it's i don't know mizzou has a good logo and oh, yeah. uh i don't know but of course it's good enough that like 50 zillion high schools in the state of missouri have copied it and just like tweaked Changed it a little the bit color a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree with you there. I was thinking that maybe just as a joke or, I mean, I guess it would have to be a joke. We would just like do that entire this or that thing, like the exact same one as the coaches and yeah. post it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. That's enough of that. I don't know if I want to get ridiculed. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll debate people on, on air. Um, okay, Kyle, if you want to get ridiculed here, here's your opportunity right oh, now. Great because i want us to pick individually and maybe we'll come up with the one that represents the podcast mizzou football all time mount rushmore the mount rushmore of mizzou football players only so mount rushmore means four individuals that really just they are what you think of when you think mizzou football are you up for that challenge? I'm up for it. Before we get started, I want to hear producer Cameron's. Now, keep in mind, historically not a Mizzou football fan, uh, but we're going to see what his <laughs> Mizzou football Mount Rushmore is. 
And you know, this is personally for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're no gonna judgment. Love, you're going to love this one. Okay. You Let's might judge a little bit. Number one, Drew Locke. Can't go wrong there. My George Washington. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have started that. I'm going to have a hard time remembering all the presidents up there. Uh, number two, Shane Ray. Shane Ray, okay. Man. So we're two for two on Tigers that became Broncos. Really? <laughs> Number three, Alberto. Alberto. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Three for three. <laughs> and number four, Doriel Greenback. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is producer Cameron's Mizzou football, uh, Mount Rushmore. That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> I, t- I told him if we were doing a, of the last decade, that would probably be actually pretty good. Yeah. That's. Those are excellent players. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kyle, did any of those four players make your Mizzou football Mount Rushmore? They did not. Me neither. Man. Yeah. Mizzou's had a lot of good players for all four of those guys to be left out. Um, You want to start with the most obvious choice? Well, for me, my number one was Chase Daniel. Okay. My number one was Brad Smith, but my number two was Chase Daniel. And my number two was Brad Smith. So Chase Daniel, 2007 Heisman finalist, first team All-Big 12, AP All-American second team, and pretty much put Mizzou football on the map for a few years there. Um, Got them to a number one ranking in the AP poll, in the BCS rankings. Um, They were a win against Oklahoma away from playing in the national championship game. And... uh, yeah, well, I mean, what more can you say about Chase Daniel? All, all-time leader in uh, Mizzou history in passing yards, passing touchdowns, uh, career, that is. And just obviously one of the best players to ever play and gone on to the NFL and been the most successful, uh, at least money-wise. Most successful uh, backup ever. Most successful NFL backup quarterback in the history of football. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you summed it up pretty well. Um, just as far as like personal memory wise i mean i remember my first mizzou game ever was 2007 they played nevada which interestingly first enough game you went to in person yes yeah. sorry um was the, interestingly enough the quarterback for nevada for nevada was colin kaepernick colin kaepernick and uh they destroyed them um i think jeremy macklin was done by the second quarter he had like two touchdowns one of them he you know just took to the house on like the first couple plays of the game or something i it was unbelievable but uh just so many fond memories of growing up watching um chase daniel play and uh truly was the peak of mizzou football in my in my uh, opinion yeah uh the classic sports illustrated cover chase daniel and it says mizzou that's who the tigers are number one for the first time since 1960 can they beat oklahoma and we'll, we'll, for some reason, that game never got played, and that was the end of the season. So <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. That was weird, but um, yeah, Chase Daniel, no brainer. I think any Mizzou fan is going to have him in their top four players of all time. And I think that's also true of Brad Smith. Um, he was the first player in NCAA history to throw for eight thousand yards and rush for four thousand yards in his career, and he was. Um, the prize player for Gary Pinkle's early teams and 
if it weren't for Brad Smith, Gary Pinkle's time at Missouri could be drastically different because he wasn't like Pinkle's teams weren't coming out the gate super hot early in his career mm-hmm. and um, being able to get Brad Smith and utilize him well, I think bought Pinkle a couple more years after that to where he could really oh, get rolling. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've heard him even describe Brad Smith as the catalyst that yeah. kind of just sling was the slingshot for, for continuing his career. And man, he, he really, he really changed the program um, at that time for sure. Um, still to this day, most rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in Mizzou history. Um, and he was a quarterback <laughs> and yeah, he unreal. could still, you know, sit back and beat teams with his arm if he needed to. Yeah. And I remember a, I have a specific memory of Brad Smith led Missouri team giving everything they had against uh, Vince Young led Texas team, uh, but falling short. And that was kind of a, you know, I was super young. So Mizzou fans already knew who Brad Smith was and everything. But as a kid, that was a wake up game for me to be like, oh, okay, yeah, Mizzou football. Here we go. Brad Smith. We, we've got something here. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't ever able to like get over the hump nationally with Brad Smith like they did with Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel was like the, okay, now Mizzou football is a real thing mm-hmm. that people are going to know about that right. aren't like diehard Mizzou fans. They had a better team around him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it all got started with Brad Smith. All right. So I feel like from here on out for like the third and fourth choice, you could go a few different directions. Um, the first name that came to mind for me is Kellen Winslow. And I don't know how much you want to factor in like what they did after their time at Mizzou. Um, we mentioned Chase Daniel. Brad Smith went on to play wide receiver. I was looking up his combine stats. He ran a four four six forty at like six two two seventeen, and uh, he was a great return man. Um, I want to say he got drafted by the either the Bills or Jets. Mm-hmm. He played for both of those teams mm-hmm. for a little while as a receiver and mm-hmm. return man. Um, so I always enjoyed watching him in the pros. But uh, Kellen Winslow kind of blows everybody else away when it comes to what they did as pros. Yeah. Uh, but he was two time All Conference selection in the big eight um and he's from east st louis illinois which i didn't know until doing a little bit more research he was a consensus all-american in 1978 he was a first round pick in the nfl draft and he is a college football and pro football hall of famer yeah i think you you really probably have to include kellen winslow on on the uh, mount rushmore just yeah like just because of what he accomplished professionally it really kind of blows everybody else out of the water and um, yeah, first round draft pick, yeah, it's there's not you know Mizzou's had a lot of good players, but not a whole lot of players that have put up those kind of accolades and yeah. and those kind of numbers professionally. So you're kind of getting into uh, elite comp- elite company when you're looking at what he accomplished. I was reading a little bit more about his stats as a collegiate player, and just to tell you how much the game has changed since the '70s, um, he led the conference in. I might get this slightly wrong. It, I think it was tight end receiving touchdowns uh, two seasons, and he had three touchdowns and six touchdowns, I believe, in those two seasons. That All he about led, those measurables. Yeah, led the conference. Uh, but obviously tight ends weren't quite being used the same way they were they are now, um, even as, in his NFL career. I mean, a vastly different game yeah. as far as tight end usage, but he still was 
incredibly productive. Um, wait, is that, did you have him included in your top four? So basically what I did was um, I had three guys, and then I for my fourth, I kind of just listed three or four guys that we could kind of throw out names sure, and just sure. kind of discuss. And Kellen Winslow was kind of one of those guys I threw out for that fourth spot. But, okay. you know, historically when you really look at it though he's probably he's probably the best candidate out of these three or four guys that i came up with for that last spot so okay. if i had to if i had to pick somebody i'm probably picking kellen kellen winslow is my fourth who did you have then as your third uh jeremy macklin okay interesting choice okay we'll talk about him now because uh, actually i left him off he was like an honorable mention for me um but yeah jeremy macklin i, I almost had to like leave my personal bias out to leave him off this list because he was part of you know my childhood growing up with once i you know to the point where i was actually able to understand football a little bit better and you know really have a rooting interest in mizzou the chase daniel jeremy macklin connection was just electric and he was he definitely is one of the greatest players in mizzou history and he only played two seasons Mm -hmm. Um, and one of those, he was uh, first-team All-American, and he was setting records for all-purpose yards and just an yeah, incredible just, talent. Yeah, exactly. Just pure talent. There's not maybe nobody that's more talented than Jeremy Macklin that's played for Mizzou. He's just athletically um, just unreal what he was able to do. I remember uh, watching one of the first – times I was really interested in the NFL draft was waiting to see who would take Jeremy Macklin Mm -hmm. and I have a Jeremy Macklin Eagles jersey that I got after uh, he was drafted by them and a funny story one time I was at like Walmart or something and I was wearing that jersey and somebody was like oh are you from Philly like uh, go Eagles go go birds or something and I was like ah sorry like Jeremy Macklin played at Mizzou and he was like uh, well, uh, I don't care. Go birds. I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching him um, score some big touchdowns for for the Eagles for sure. He was yeah. kind of a kind of a deep threat for them. And that season where Michael Vick kind of had like a resurgence, and they had Des- Deshaun Jackson and mm-hmm. Jeremy Macklin. There was some uh, pretty amazing touchdown plays there. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching him as a Chief as well, kind of later in his career. Um, he was injury prone at times, but still had some pretty electric plays. Um, and the Chiefs were not very good when he played um, for them, but and they especially were not very good in the past game. Was that like during the stretch where they didn't throw a touchdown to a wide receiver for like eighty-seven yes. games? Yeah. So he, yeah, that was unfortunate. But he did have um, some big plays for the Chiefs. But um, I think his his prime was definitely with the Eagles. Um, he, he is. You almost forget about like his effect on the return game for Missouri. Oh, yeah. Just imagine having i mean missouri i feel like re- most recent history excluded has had some decent luck with um having solid return guys i mean obviously think of like jeremy macklin marcus murphy um those are two of the best i would argue that missouri's ever had mm-hmm. um but he i want to say against illinois had a kickoff return touchdown i think you're right that was just huge it's crazy to think that we played illinois oh, like I know. not that that long ago yeah and it was a regular thing yeah. like they were just always on the schedule mm-hmm. one of these days we'll get back to that point yep um who was your third 
My third was Kellen Winslow. Okay. Who's your fourth? My fourth is Justin Smith. Um, Justin Smith, one of the best defensive players in the history of Missouri, one of the best players overall ever. Um, his junior season, he had 11 sacks. That was the record at the time. Um, 24 tackles for loss from the interior. Uh, originally from Jefferson City, so that gives him a little bonus points in my book. Uh, he was uh, first-team All-American as a junior and was the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft by the 49ers and had an amazing pro career. Five-time Pro Bowl, two-time first-team All-Pro, uh, was the Defensive Player of the Year in 2011, according to Pro Football Focus and Sports Illustrated. So he held his own, you know, I think potentially just barely below Kellen Winslow as far as like best Mizzou players in the pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote down Justin Smith as well as kind of one of my could be guys you can mm-hmm. slide in there. Um, yeah, man, he was a beast. Uh, and what, what, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but, um, was Justin Smith and Alden Smith at Mizzou at the same time? Or was Justin Smith a few years before him? He was, a, he was a few years before. I don't, were think. they on the same pro team at the same time? Like yeah, 49ers? They were. they were. Yeah. They were both on the 49ers. Okay. The that's time. what I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool. But yeah, Justin Smith, man, he was, he was a beast. Yeah. All right. So that's my four Brad Smith, Chase Daniel, Kellen Winslow, Justin Smith. I think they, I, I went with four guys that I thought were the best of the best in Mizzou history, but also did something substantial in the pros. Yeah. Uh, hard to argue with that for sure. And I had uh, Chase Daniel, Brad Smith, Jeremy Macklin, and Harrison Meavis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison Meavis. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, I probably fourth would be Kellen Winslow, but I also wrote a down Justin Smith, uh, Chase Kaufman, and uh, Brock Olivo. Yeah, Chase Kaufman, like wow, one of the best tight ends in yeah. like college football history. Oh yeah, and we already talked about Kellen Winslow. Yeah, Mizzou's <laughs> had some great some great tight ends for sure. Yeah, he overlapped like maybe a season or two with um, Martin Rucker, mm-hmm. who was also Man. like all conference, if not like borderline all-american type mm-hmm. tight end mm-hmm. and of course both of those guys were benefited by having chase daniel throwing them the ball yeah but uh yeah i'm pretty sure chase kaufman has the record for uh receptions in a season and career for missouri and receiving touchdowns in a career i believe um i'm not sure off the top of my head but yeah, yeah. It sounds but right to me i think that's the case yeah um so didn't he, martin yeah. rucker though have like one just incredible season yes and uh, both of those guys went on to play a little bit in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of offense on our list. That's uh, true. Um, obviously, Spoon is a guy that we probably could have written down as an honorable mention. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I was thinking back to just like some of some other guys that were. Uh, was was uh, was he in the same draft class as Jeremy Macklin? I don't know about draft class, but they were definitely there at the same time. Um, I can distinctly remember when that that first Mizzou game I went to as a kid. I remember everybody saying "spoon." Yeah, but they they could be. They're definitely they're probably like a year apart if they're yeah. if they weren't. Uh, William Moore was uh, was on that team as mm-hmm. well. But she had a good pro career. He might have had he had a, a very solid pro career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, he's a guy that I feel like his pro career outdid my expectations based on 
his time at Mizzou. Yeah. I feel like in my mind, this is terrible to say, but I'm going to say it. He like sticks out in my mind for like dropping interceptions, but <laughs> um, we'll forget that I said that. Uh, all right. So better than dropping punts. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody that dropped punts was ever going to make our list of anything ever. Um, so if we had to come down to like one list that is the podcast list, obviously Brad Smith, Chase Daniel are on the list. Um, I had, I didn't have Jeremy Macklin on my four, but I could be convinced. Which, I think, I which think do we you like better between Kellen Winslow and Justin Smith to make the final list? I think Winslow is, is definitely got to be on there for us. And then are we basically deciding between Jeremy Macklin and Justin Smith? Probably, yeah. Jeremy Macklin, I mean, just insane talent. and uh, But he had the benefit of playing with with the best or one of the best quarterbacks that Missouri's ever had. Only played two years. Probably Okay, he's the best. He, he played with the best and only played two years, though. Right, and he was hurt. Um, he had a knee surgery before his freshman season. Mm-hmm. So, norm- so like he obviously, you have to wait three years before you can uh, go into the NFL. Yeah. So we actually did miss out on a year of Jeremy Macklin. That's kind of sad. Eligibility wise, yeah, mm-hmm. because he was hurt that first season. Didn't he flip from Oklahoma? Wasn't he committed to Oklahoma? You know, I don't know. I think he did. I, I'm just going to go with that because I, that sounds I'm fantastic. fairly fairly certain that's what happened. He is from Kirkwood. but um, And then Justin Smith. I mean, yeah, I, when you really compare those two, I mean, it's nice to have a little bit of defense in our in our Mount, in our Mount Rushmore. But Justin Smith, I mean, he, he's earned that respect, though, and his pro career is it was fantastic. So if we want to throw Justin Smith in there fourth time, I'm, I'm okay with that. Maybe we'll leave it up to the listeners. Um, we'll maybe like put a poll out or something out under this uh, when we tweet out the podcast and I'll uh, ask people on uh, in the YouTube comments to help yeah. us decide between Justin Smith and Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. Who's your four and, and who is uh, who's your, who should our fourth be between those yeah. two guys? I feel like our audience would probably pick Justin Smith, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Anyway, that was nice uh, thinking back to some of those. Uh, oh, and I had another question for you. This is a little bit difficult, but of all the players that are going to be playing for Missouri this upcoming season, which player has the best shot of one day being on the Missouri football Mount Rushmore? Oh, man. Um I feel like saying Bazelak is the easiest answer that yeah. makes the most sense just because he has a chance to play five years at Missouri, uh, already has one year under the belt that was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing hopefully all five of his years with Coach Drinkwood, who I have a lot of trust in. Yeah, uh, He's got a lot of weapons. And as we've seen here, it's just easier for offensive players, I think, to show up on, on these lists than it is for, for defensive players. I mean, you just have to be immaculate. Yeah. To, and, and I and I think he has uh, some pro uh, prospects. You know, I don't. He's he doesn't have like insane measurables or anything like that. But I think he definitely has a chance to play professionally. So when it's all said and done, I think Connor Bazelak has everything he needs to be an all timer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not saying it's gonna happen, right. but if I had to pick somebody, yeah. I think Bazelak makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, staying on the offensive side of the ball, another young guy that 
potential. I know this is like he hasn't even played a game for Missouri, but Dominic Lovett has that trajectory where he's uber talented and is going to have, you know, the ability to play many seasons for Missouri potentially. Um, you know, he may not be a pro guy after three seasons, so he'll have time to really rack up some stats if everything goes according to plan. Um, I was trying to think if there's anybody on the defensive side of the ball that, uh, I mean, we didn't have any, no like cornerbacks really came close to my list because we've had some really awesome like secondary players, but they just don't really come close to Justin Smith. I mean, obviously no Mizzou player, no Mizzou defensive player does really because of um, him playing three seasons and you know being drafted in the top five of the nfl draft but you know we have had like a shane ray uh um alden smith those type of guys that break records and are good pros but yeah i don't know i'm trying to think i I don't think there's anybody on the current defensive squad that has that kind of ability to stack up against i mean you, you said like you know shane ray michael sam uh, Marcus Golden. There's so many guys that were incredible, and we didn't even yeah. think of them for one second for right. a list like this. So right. it's just very, very difficult, especially yeah, and like cornerback. Like that's a very important um, position on the field, but not one that that has a lot of like. I don't know. You don't. Know. Yeah, I feel like EJ Gaines, one of the best, or like. Uh, it's not really a player. It's not like a position that like stands out as far as like star power. Typically, yeah. you'd have to you'd have to play three or four seasons and just like mm-hmm. lock down everybody maybe like and, ennis rake straw yeah maybe but i feel like at that point we'd be only talking about a player who just like blew up and went like top 10 in the nfl yeah. draft or something yeah after like an all-american season all right well that's our that's our mizzou football mount rushmore mm-hmm. give us your thoughts uh give us your top four um i didn't look at anybody else's list going into this so i don't know if uh like I'm sure different sports writers around mm. Mizzou football have done something similar, but, and I'm sure, I'm it, sure there's some player from like the sixties we didn't write down or yeah, something. That's, that's I mean, somebody. we got, I feel like we got close enough with Kellen Winslow. He played in the seventies, yeah. <laughs> so you can't ask for much more than that, of that, of us than that. I agree. All right. That's all I got for him. All right. All right, everybody. Up. You can find us on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast. We're on Twitter at Mizzou sports pod, and you can email us at Missouri sports pod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, missourisportspod.bigcartel.com, or you can head over to patreon.com slash missourisportspod and sign up for the membership level that gets you merch. Also, the logo ranking episode is episode 92, if you want to go see that nonsense. That was a great episode, one of our best. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.